Man Up, brought to you by Construction Professionals, a program dedicated to inspiring and helping men live lives of heroic virtue. Join Joe Stopulis and Father Zach Kowski every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. And now, it's time to man up. Another year goes by, more beers, more smoke. Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting from the Mercy Live Up Studios. Heard on 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, and 94.5 FM. Around the globe, streaming online at iowacatholicradio.com and Iowa Catholic Radio app. Also, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and like us on Facebook. I am Joe Stopulis, along with Father Zakowski. Today, we're joined by Trent Horn, and the topic of the show is Answering Atheism. Father Zach, would you please open us up in a word of prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, you are the way, the truth, and the life. Help enlighten our minds that we may know you personally uh, more and more uh, with each passing day. We ask you to send your Holy Spirit upon our guest. And for those who are earnestly seeking the truth... So we pray for all of our listeners. Hail Mary, full, full of grace, grace, the Lord, Lord is with thee. Thee. Blessed art thou among women, blessed, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mary Mother of God, God pray, pray for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Father, we are approaching quickly the men's conference coming Very up here. Yeah, on the tenth uh, of March. Is that right? Tenth of March. Yeah, Saturday, March tenth. There it is. Eight Saturday, to three thirty p.m. St. Yep. Francis Church. St. Francis. Uh, and today we're going to have on one of the keynote speakers, who is Trent Horn. Trent Horn is you. If you listen to Catholic Radio, you'd know his name because he's a regular Catholic on Answers. Catholic Answers, yeah. which is on five to seven p.m. here on Iowa Catholic Radio. And you know, Trent is one of the apologists there, one of the lead apologists there, especially when it comes to uh, atheism. So a lot of non-Catholics, a lot of people who are against the church, agnostics, will call in people who are pro-choice, and that's usually his audience of who mm-hmm. he's debating. Uh, and so it'll be a gr- really excited about the men's conference uh, to hear what he has to say because again he's kind of the, one of the foremost experts uh, in that apologetic today. Um, but again, it's going to be he's going to talk a lot. I'm assuming there about answering this call about this a- atheistic and relativistic culture, which we're seeing more and more of, especially mm-hmm. on college campuses and even in high schools. Um, are you? I'm assuming Dowling even has some of this. I'm assuming it's everywhere in the, in the culture. Do you run into this, Father? It's a problem you're well, seeing. I think as a priest, I mean, just generally, I can speak to. Uh, I think there's a lot. Of, there can be a lot of inconsistency where, especially with scientism, that people innately uh, trust something. They trust science, uh, but at the heart of faith, I think is a trust in God and the goodness of God. And so. Uh, What's interesting to me is that they, there's a trust in the honesty of science. There's a trust maybe in the honesty of the scientists. But when it comes to Jesus' words or anything, there's suddenly a lack of trust or a lack of honesty. You know, So I think what bothers me is just the inconsistency sometimes of uh, we'll believe in the scientist and something we can't see with science. But we won't believe in something we cannot see with faith. Well, I think one of the, the, the things to me that I agree 100%. But it's not like there's no reason for faith. They make it sound like, well, there's just no, I can't put right. it under a microscope, and so I can't, mm-hmm. I can't believe it. Well, there's a lot of things in science that we can't necessarily, that you per- personally, did you, did you, did you go on that airplane? Did you check all the specs before you flew in mm-hmm. the airplane? Did you check? No, you, you have faith that the I've pilot. I've never seen a baby pigeon. No, I haven't either. 
I <laughs> but I believe by science that there must be baby pigeons somewhere. Pigeons. Father, this is why Trent Horn is the apologist online. Uh, that we're going <laughs> to we're having wow. him on. Okay. Well. <laughs> Point being, you have our engineers looking at me and laughing. Point being that uh, even with the baby pigeon analogy, which is very good, mm-hmm. people are still having faith in things every day. The problem is they don't, in my mind, they're not making the next logical step, which is why I think it's in- interesting that we're following our last episodes, which were on mere Christianity, and then following it with this one. Because that's really what the, all these episodes are doing is talking about answering uh, the reasons for faith. So excited in the next segment to have Trent Horn join us. Uh, Stick around. We're going to head to a short break. And when we return, Catholic Answers, Trent Horn will be with us. Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting from the Mercy Live Up Studios. Heard on 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, and 94.5 FM. I am Joe Stopulis, along with Father Zakowski. Today we're joined by Trent Horn. After his conversion to the Catholic faith, Trent earned a master's degree in theology from Franciscan University of Steubenville, a master's in philosophy, and is pursuing a master's degree in bioethics. Trent is a regular on Catholic Answers Live, where he dialogues with atheists, pro-choice advocates, and other non-Catholic callers. He's the author of five books, including Answering Atheism, The Case for Catholicism, and Why We're Catholic, Our Reasons for Faith, Hope, and Love. Trent, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You bet. Well, uh, we are going to be plugging, especially over the next few weeks here, uh, the men's conference coming up on Saturday, March 10th here in Des Moines, and you are one of the keynotes, so we are thrilled to have you. We get to hear you every day, well, not every day, but uh, we get your Catholic Answers every day from 5 to 7, and you're on it, what, at least once a week, right? Usually about once a week. Yeah, yeah. once a week you're on, so we get now we get to have you in the bustling metropolis of Des Moines, so we're excited to have you. I'm excited to be there as well. So um, I believe this will be my first time in Des Moines. If, if not, it's just been a long time since I've been in the state of Iowa. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, speaking at the conference, all the men there. Uh, it should be a really great event. Yeah, it's God's country. You're going to love it. You're going to love it here. It's Absolutely. beautiful, as long as it's not freezing cold in March. Uh, Trent, any idea, can you, uh, before we dive into the topic for the t- today's show, which is answer- Answering Atheism, which is the topic of your book, uh, we wanted to get a kind of, can you have a preview of what the men could expect that are going to come to this men's conference? Yeah, I'm going to be giving a talk called No More Mr. Nice Guys. Now, I'm not going to tell the guys to be ogres or anything like that. but Some of the guys, <laughs> some, some of the guys need a, a swift kick in the butt, so we appreciate that. You can tell them mm-hmm. to do that. That's- that's true. That that uh, there's a temptation to that men are only expected to be nice, which just means don't do anything bad. And men are expected as men, we should do more than that. So I'm going to teach them how to stand up for and defend the faith when it's attacked, and give them a simple method for do that that anybody can use, regardless of their theological training. Very good. Well, um, we are we are absolutely looking forward to that. It should be a great conference. They all are. I've been to, I think, every single one of them. And every time, as you know, when you go to those things, you come back with you know so much energy, and you come. It's kind of like a, a shot of steroids. You just come out of those things fired up, ready to go. So we are uh, absolutely looking forward to that. Uh, in your introduction, Father Zach noted that you uh, you're a convert to the faith. Can you can you touch on that? You know, where are you against the faith? How, where did you come from? Give us a bit of background in your conversion story. Sure. Uh, well, my mom is Catholic and my dad is Jewish. I was raised in a nominally religious home. We didn't go to church or anything like that. 
Uh, I believed in God, but I wasn't religious in high school. And then I met some Catholic teens and went to Mass, and so I started reading a lot of books, and I then I became Christian. And a year later, I was baptized and received into the Catholic faith. Are there any books in particular that, or um, talks, or anything you could point to that were kind of instrumental in that conversion? Well, you know, really, two two books started me off on the journey. That would be a uh, Kreeft and Ticelli's Peter Kreeft and Father Ronald Ticelli's book, The Handbook of Christian Apologetics, mm-hmm. and Carl Keating's book, Catholicism and Fundamentalism. Uh, and it's really nice, actually. I just wrote. Uh, my fifth book, The Case for Catholicism, which uh, Carl actually gave a very nice uh, blurb for, saying that it was a, it was kind of a successor to Catholicism and fundamentalism. Wow, that's a, that's a nice compliment. <laughs> that's really nice. Yeah. Comes full circle. Very good. Uh, so what age were you then when you converted officially? Um, I believe I was 17. Okay. Wow, good for you. So you take on, I don't want to say you take on, but you, you engage in dialogue with and defend the faith on the radio, and you often have atheists or agnostics, you know, these pro-choice advocates, other uh, other callers calling in. Can you talk a little bit about that experience of engaging with those people kind of in real time on the radio? Oh, certainly. Uh, when I got to Catholic Answers, uh, and I started working there five five years ago, uh, you know, we had been doing open forums and shows about particular topics. And I said, well, I'd really like to do radio shows where I talk to people who aren't Catholic. My experience before that, when I was on college campuses, I spent a lot of time talking to non-Catholics. And I said, let's do, it on the, do that on the radio. And so we did these shows with questions geared towards people who are not Catholic. Like, well, why are you an atheist? Why are you pro-choice? Why are you Protestant? Why are you for same-sex marriage? And the goal of asking it in the form of a question is to encourage that kind of dialogue. Hmm. And I do these shows. Uh, in fact, I'll, I just did one uh, yesterday, which Catholic moral teaching do you reject? And then on uh, Monday, I'll be doing Why Are You an Atheist? And the goal is, one, to reach these people who disagree with us, but two, provide a model so that Catholics can hear how to share the faith with people who disagree and in a real, unscripted, live setting. Yeah, that's excellent. The... Uh... Uh, the show itself, if you guys haven't listened to our listeners, again, it's 5 to 7 uh, here on Iowa Catholic Radio. You can listen to it. And it's for me, it's I, I love listening to it because you always learn something, especially how to stand up for our faith and, and the arguments that people, again, as we so often are in bubbles, uh, I tend to hang out with Catholic people and you know people are questioning my faith in, in those circles. So it's great to hear what the arguments are uh, outside of the Catholic Church as to why people don't believe it. And I'm kind of curious, you know, one of the ones that I know Bishop Barron's big on and you hear a lot is kind of the science, scientism. Uh, that you know, science changed the the paradigm, and now there's no reason to believe in God because we have science. Is that one you hear a lot? And if so, you know, what, how do you respond to that? All the time. It's probably one of the number one objections I hear from atheists. Uh, I've even actually thought of writing a book on the subject called "What Science Can't Do," because hmm. people have this kind of faith in science that uh, it can give us all the answers that we need, and that. If, if you can't give me scientific evidence for God, I'm not going to believe that God exists. You haven't given me scientific proof, I'm not going to believe. But that's like saying, if, you can't, if I can't hear that metal detector going off when you walk along the beach, then I'm not going to believe that there, are, that there are any plastic cups or diamonds buried under the sand. Yeah. You say, well, 
wait a minute, you're using the wrong standard. Just as a metal detector cannot find plastic or diamonds under the earth, because that's not what it's made for, science cannot find or prove God exists, because science detects material realities in the space-time universe. God is a philosophical question. God is an immaterial, eternal, necessary being who is the reason everything exists. So if God exists, we have to use philosophy to ultimately answer the question yes or no. And I show people not every question can be answered with science, but a very easy one I put forward is this. Is science important? And I think many people, even atheists, will agree that's not a mere opinion question. People who say science is not important, they're just wrong. But how would you prove that? You would just use values and reasoning. You can't use science to prove science is important, and that shows there are many questions that science simply can't answer. Do you come up with, uh, uh, when, when you're speaking with people, is it a mix of kind of the hardcore atheists like uh, Nietzsche, Freud, or is it more like the maybe softcore atheists like... Uh, you know, Hitchens or Dawkins? Do you see a theme there with how strong yeah, people I, are? I think atheists, people who identify as atheists and are active on the Internet or, or active in groups, very, 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 very few of them, very tiny minority, would embrace the existentialism you'd see in someone like Nietzsche or Sartre. Um, a larger percentage will have the attitudes of Dawkins and Christopher Hitchens, the new atheists, but I think the majority, actually, they follow their favorite atheist YouTube channels. And there's a whole generation of new, new atheists out there who, a lot of them, I think, are driven also by social justice causes, that they see their atheism tied up in advocating for abortion rights, for, uh, you know, the morality of, of homosexual behavior or same-sex marriage. And so they see religion as a threat because of its disagreement on these moral issues, um, but I think also a lot of people who just say they're atheists, they're not super mobilized or active. That's just kind of what they do. Uh, it's more a minority who take up the activist uh, handle, if you will. So you get in debates. I mean, obviously you do a lot of debating on the air. And then I've heard of some of your other uh, actual presentations where it's an actual live debate uh, with other uh, apologists for various viewpoints. I'm curious on what you think the best argument is uh, against maybe God in general or the God of the Bible, Jesus. I'm uh, kind of curious on your thoughts on if you, sure. when you hear that. You say that's actually a well-thought-out argument that I give credence to. Yeah. Well, there, there are two different elements there. If you just take the God of classical theism, the God that we can understand through philosophy, um, there aren't really many arguments against that God. Perhaps the strongest one would be the argument from evil and suffering, that if this God is all good and all powerful, there wouldn't be evil. Or suffering, but there is evil and suffering, so God doesn't exist. And the way to answer that argument is to show the existence of God and evil are not logically contradictory. God can allow evil to exist if he's preventing greater evils or he brings greater goods from it. We do that all the time as human beings. We, we tolerate evil because in trying to get rid of some evils, we could have greater ones. For example, we could get rid of the evils of car accidents by making the speed limit 15 miles an hour everywhere. But then we'd have greater evils preventing interstate travel, commerce, things like that. Uh, so and my, my road rage, rage, my road rage would really get aggressive, which is a very bad right, evil. We, we, if we were driving 15 miles an hour everywhere. Fast, yes. 
That's right. Uh, now, and then there's other responses that the, an atheist can't really have an objective standard of evil without God as an objective standard of goodness. So uh, that is probably the best argument against God, but I believe it ultimately fails. Uh, the best argument against the God of the, the Bible, um, there's lots of different arguments. Uh, people will, will try to say that the God of the Bible is, is cruel, he mandated uh, evil actions, genocide, killing, things like that. And I go through the text and offer uh, different readings about these passages being literal or non-literal and how we should respond to that. And I go into great depth on these arguments about the God of the Bible in my book, Hard Sayings, A Catholic uh, Approach to Bible Difficulties. You know, one of my favorite books, uh, especially from a scientific standpoint, is The Language of God uh, from Francis S. Collins. Um, mm-hmm. And so do you do you use utilize that argument at all uh, as far as if you... Take science and look at how the chances of the of human beings being on Earth and everything that had to line up for that to have happen. And do do people that come against you hear that argument? Yeah, I'm familiar with um, Colin's work and the language of God. It's a good book. Uh, I don't necessarily use the argument that it was improbable that human beings would exist because if you live in a very very large universe like ours, uh, that's uh, you know billions of light years across. Uh, then there may be many other planets, and there happens to be one lucky one where there's life. I do use a version of this argument, though, that the odds of having a universe where life could even evolve at all on any planet anywhere is astronomically low. Uh, in my book, Answering Atheism, I talk about how the laws of physics and the constants in physics equations, like the speed of light or the strength of gravity in a vacuum, if they were altered by a fraction of a fraction of a percent. We're talking about decimal points with 119 zeros after them. Uh, that the odds of getting this all just right uh, are on par with uh, finding a random atom somewhere in the known universe or winning a game of poker with 10 royal flushes in a row. And that if, you, if that happened, you'd say that it's been rigged, it's not chance, and we should conclude the same thing about our universe. <clears throat> Very good. No, that's uh, that's how I look at it a lot too. Is I think you know if you were to lay out the percentages and then you know put them next to each other, which one makes more sense? I just think a lot of times when you get into the scientism uh, arguments, that to me makes the most sense. Um, so looking forward here, I-, I listened to a debate you did last year with James White, um, just oh, getting yeah. off the atheism thing. Do you prefer, so for anyone who doesn't know, that was a, uh, a debate on salvation. So the Catholic view of right. salvation versus you know, kind of a once saved, always saved. Um, do you prefer debating Christians on like the nuances of our different views on Christianity, agnostics or atheists? Well, this is a difficult question to answer because my debate with James was so far the only debate that I've been invited to attend where I debate a, a fellow Christian. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, debating a Protestant. So that was my only experience of a Protestant debate. Uh, I've debated several atheists on atheism and related topics and people on, on abortion. Um, I'll tell you, at least on the radio, that when I dialogue with Protestants, they tend to be gentler and a bit nicer, and those conversations are more easygoing. Atheists can be a bit more contentious, and that's just general on radio. For formal debates, um, I, I don't have a large sample. Um, James is notorious in the debating world for um, having a, a fairly aggressive tactics in his debate. Uh, I will say I, I thought it was very unfortunate in our debate that when it seemed, because I argued through the debate, 
for not the Catholic view of salvation, but the historic Christian yeah. view yep. that your salvation can be lost. So I was at a Calvin. We were debating this in front of twelve hundred Calvinists, <laughs> and I was and on my PowerPoint, I was citing Martin Luther for me and twice as many Bible verses as James did. And so I was. I didn't even mention Catholicism at all. Yeah. And so when James kept do, realized he wasn't doing as well in the debate, he would throw out things like, "Remember, folks." this guy believes in the Assumption of Mary, and he believes in purgatory. <laughs> and I, I thought that was just very unfortunate, that, that he does do this, uh, instead of having just kind of a fair exchange, Ad hominem, kind of yeah. these, these low Then clubs. you know you're losing, you're yeah. losing a debate with this. Yeah. Uh, do yeah. you get a lot of arguments about, especially when you're talking with atheists, about just... Because uh, I, get, I get into discussions with people about especially agnostics about just the uh, religious hypocrisy, you know, all these terrible atrocities that have been done in the name of faith throughout history. Do you deal a lot with that? Oh yeah. I hear that all the time, but I I try to point out to people that look, if this is your standard for believing in something, you can't believe in anything because people have committed atrocities in the name of every science. And I mean, during the enlightenment in France, people, people's heads got chopped off in the name of reason. In the United States, uh, doctors were performing experiments on minorities and letting them die of things like syphilis in the name of science. Uh, So people can do horrible things in the name of anything. We can't judge a belief system by the actions of a few people. We have to judge it by whether the belief system itself is true. So uh, we got to wrap up here in a second. I wanted to let you plug your books. Uh, I know they're all great, and uh, everything uh, from Catholic.com, what you guys are doing is great, but I want you specifically, uh, it touches on a lot of the things we just talked about with, uh, obviously, the an- answering atheism. Can you give us kind of a uh, a 10,000-foot view of what your books cover and who the target audiences are? Sure. Well, I try to write books on subjects Catholics haven't really approached yet. Uh, probably my favorite book of all of them I've written that I would encourage your listeners to get is one of my recent books, Why We're Catholic, Our Reasons for Faith, Hope, and Love. This is the introductory book. You can give this book to anybody, whether they're non-Catholic or Catholic, and they'll have a better understanding of what Catholics believe and the reasons that what we believe is true. That's called Why We're Catholic. But if you want to go more in-depth, I have Answering Atheism, Persuasive Pro-Life, Hard Sayings, which is how to deal with Bible difficulties, and the case for Catholicism, which is my large uh, rebuttal to Protestant apologetics uh, that you can find at Ignatius Press. But you can order any of these books at our website at Catholic Answers, which is shop.catholic.com. And I assume you'll have some of those uh, at the men's conference, too, for guys looking to buy them. I certainly will. Okay, perfect. Well, hey, we are looking forward to meeting you here uh, in a few weeks at the men's conference. Again, that is Saturday, March 10th, uh, and Trent Horn will be one of, the, uh, one of the keynote speakers that day. So, Trent, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Trent. Thank you for having me. Stick around, and we'll be back after a short break. My help comes from you. You're right here you Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. I am Joe Stopulis, along with Father Zakowski, and a great treat to have uh, to have Trent Horn on. Again, uh, join us for the men's conference and hear more from Trent. Stop by his booth, meet him, buy his books. It's all very good stuff. And that's Father, oh. Saturday, March 10th, yep, 2018, yep. 8 to 3.30, out at St. Francis Saint in West Francis, Des Moines, Iowa. Oh, Say hi to me, Father. Will you? I know I'll be there. You're a maybe. I've got a wedding that day, but I'm going to be out there for at least part yeah, of it for good. the confessions. Come, confessions we'll, we'll sign uh, autographs. That's the thing is when you're a priest, you go to these conferences, but we're often like, they put us to work. They don't let us just attend. Yeah. 
Well, you can meet Father Zach in a confessional. Can they get an autograph? Yeah, come, come meet me and get an autograph. Yeah. Okay. All right. We had a reading today. Yeah, this is from First Kings chapter two. When the time of David's death drew near, he gave these instructions to his son Solomon. I'm going the way of all flesh. Take courage and be a man. Keep the mandate of the Lord your God, following his ways and observing his statutes, commands, ordinances, and decrees, as they are written in the law of Moses, that you may succeed in whatever you do, wherever you turn, and the Lord may fulfill the promise he made on my behalf when he said, If your sons so conduct themselves, that they may remain faithful to me with their whole heart and with their whole soul, you shall always have someone of your line on the throne of Israel. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, to, be God. to God. What do you think, Joe? Well, it's one of my favorite Bible verses, and I don't want to have to give the whole homily on this, Father. <laughs> uh, but I, it is one that I come back to with, with frequency. First off, this is the speech. This is the talk that he gives to David gives Solomon right before he's about to die. Uh, first off, I love the, the line, take courage and be a man. So mm-hmm. step up. And w- then he says, what does being a man look like? It means keeping the mandates of, of God and observing his laws and commandments and or, decrees and ordinances. Being a man means following the will of God and listening to the will of God in your life. Uh, and that's, that's all David says in a nutshell. If you, to be a man is to live your life according to God's will. And that's how, again, the show, the show Man Up, that's how you man up, is by inviting God into your life as much as possible and then listening to that call and then responding to it. Uh, and I think this just, this reading is a very good job of summing all that up. Father, any points you would like to make on this? Yeah, great point. Uh, and I think this could be the official, the official verse, uh, verse yeah. for our show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what Joe just mentioned: take <laughs> take courage and be a man. First Kings. No, I like the the word "whole" was sticking out to me um, as as in H or excuse me W H O L E. Your whole heart and your whole soul, because I think. At least easy for me to be half-hearted, uh, be kind of, um, well, I'll give God most of myself or, you know, be mostly generous, mm-hmm. but I'm going to hold something back for myself. So I think, again, it's the, the answer to our happiness is giving the whole self away, you know, giving a total gift of self. All right, so we're going to add that to our Facebook page as the official man. Yeah, uh, let's Mr. do that. Verse. Uh, Catholic, Iowa Catholic Radio is listener-supported. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation today at iowacatholicradio.com. Thank you again for joining us on Man Up. Uh, for Father Zakowski, I am Joe Stopulus. It's time to Man, man up. up. Man Up, inspiring men to live out their call to holiness with Joe Stopulus and Father Zakowski. Heard Mondays at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Brought to you by Construction Professionals.